Welcome to the Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Joy Willette. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand this morning. He's so good. He's so good. He's so good to us. Um, we're going to have fun. Um, I'm not going to take too long. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's funny because uh, Caleb basically preached my whole message just like sitting there. It's pretty amazing just how God, God is with us as we do this. It's like he's living it out and it's just speaking. I'm just so proud of you, Caleb, and, like, and for leading that team. And I'm so proud of all of you guys that have come out for evangelism. Um, I'm telling you, fear, intimidation, and shame are giants that you need to take down in your promised land because that is your bread. <laughs> Someone say, yum, yum, yum. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. Shame, intimidation, and fear are giants in your promised land, and you are a giant slayer. Amen? Hallelujah. Um, so uh, the title of the message is, He is with you in it. He is with you in it. Someone turn to your neighbor and say, He is with you in it. <laughs> Turn to someone else. Say he's also with you in it. <laughs> All right. So um, here is the original lie that the enemy brought in the garden. And there's, there's a few of them. Um, but how many of you know that Adam and Eve were created in the image of God? How many of you know that Adam and Eve were created in the image of God? What does that mean? Were they like God? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what is happening. <laughs> okay. So in the garden, we were already like God. Amen. And so what is the first lie that the enemy brings? The enemy says, you are not like God yet. You have to eat of the knowledge of good and evil, and then you will be like God, right? So the original lie is, you are not already like God. The enemy is always trying to convince us that we aren't what we already are. Amen? So basically what he says is, if you eat of this, if this fruit, you will become like God, knowing good and evil, okay? So basically the original lie that he says is, you can be like God without him. You can be like God without him. I have to credit Crystal Rodriguez for that one. She's a, she's a friend of mine. And, uh, and that's, that's how she puts it. We can be like God without him. This is what stress and striving is. When we're trying to do good to prove something, to be better, to be a better Christian, when we're striving in it, it's because we are trying to do it without him. We are trying to do it without him, okay? How many of you know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Woo, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, okay? So the king orders for everyone in the land to bow and worship this golden statue. And he says, if you don't bow and worship this, this uh, golden statue, you'll be put to death, right? So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say, no, we're not gonna bow to that. They get thrown in a fiery furnace, okay? And uh, this is what they say. 
They say, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods nor worship the golden statue that you have set up. So this is their heart position. We know that God can save us. In fact, we know that he will save us. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow. Amen? Even if not, that position of surrender is something that kills fear. It takes fear down to the nth degree and says, no, you actually are not going to have a place of influence in my life. I can tell you when I was going through uh, my heart condition and I'm praying, I'm crying out, I'm not seeing the healing, my heart's all over the place, I'm bedridden, can't get out of bed. And that had to become my prayer because fear and panic had hold of me. Fear and panic of what the future held. I kept imagining a future without God showing up. Do you guys know that's what worry is? Worry is imagining your future without God showing up. And that's what I had. It wasn't until I started praying, God, I know that you can heal me. I know that you will heal me. But even if you don't, I will still serve you. That position of surrender is a powerful position. Amen. It takes fear down to the nth degree. It takes intimidation down and says, no, you actually don't have a place of influence in my life. I'm telling you, fear and intimidation are giants in your land. Take them down and eat your bread. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Amen. So then they're in the fiery furnace. And then this is what the king says. Was it not three men that we threw bound into the middle of the fire? They replied to the king, absolutely, O king. He responded, look, I see four men untied and walking about in the middle of the fire unharmed and the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Amen. Who was it in that fire with them? (laughs) Jesus was in the fire with them. Turn to your neighbor, say, he is with you in it. (laughs) He is with you in it. There is no fire that you're walking through that he is not with you in. Amen. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. When you ask Jesus a question, you go like this. You don't go like this. (laughs) Amen. You are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. He is with you in the fire. He is with you everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. Amen. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, God, that you're with us. I thank you that you're with me even now, God. I thank you that it's Christ in me that's preaching, Lord. And we just want your will and your way. Whatever you have, Jesus, whatever you want, God, we just give it to you. And we just thank you for it, God. Hallelujah. Someone say hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you feel like you're in the fire, he is with you in it. He's with you in it. There is a shaking not just in the world, but in the church. Amen? There's a shaking. Only what's of the kingdom will remain. The church cannot be silent or lukewarm. Amen? Or stuck in all the same bondages as the world. Amen? Okay? Now we have to know why it is that we are in bondage. And we have to know what bondage actually is. Okay, we're going to talk about that in a moment. We must walk by the Spirit in this season, inclining to His voice over all the noise. Just like Caleb was saying, we're on the streets. We're not on the streets by ourselves. Amen. We're inclining, listening. What is it that He's saying? Okay. Amen. 
So what do we do in a grace culture? We walk in boldness and in surrender because we know who our God is and what he can do. Amen? Daniel 11.32 says, those who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Those who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. When we get our eyes off of ourselves, we look up and we see a ripe harvest field ready. Amen? We wanna partner with him in revival. This is the empowerment that comes through grace. Amen? Because we don't have to worry about our own salvation anymore. I don't have to worry about cleaning myself up anymore and how do I look on the outside and what are, what's everyone thinking of me? I don't have to worry about that anymore because I know who I am in Christ. I know that Christ lives in me. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who died for me, amen? I don't care what people think of me. It doesn't matter. It doesn't touch my identity. And now my eyes get on, what Jesus, what do you love in this world? And he's like, souls, I want my kids back, amen? And it, it takes us off of ourselves, amen? The enemy loves to hoodwink people, loves to hoodwink the church, get you running on a treadmill, worrying about yourself, worrying about things that God has already done for you. We are so much power, more powerful than we think, amen? Hey, church, come out of that grave. <laughs> All right. We have access to so much more. Um, I, I was up one night and I was overwhelmed um, and I couldn't sleep. There was like just so many things. Like how many, like we've got five kids. We're pastoring a church. We've got a daughter we're launching. We just potty trained a kid and we've got one in diapers. It's like any number of things going on at any given time, Okay. Um, but this particular night, there was like a few things. It just seemed like there was a lot off in a lot of different areas. And I was up all night worrying and thinking and logic and how am I going to fix this? And how am I? And how am I? And how am I going to? How am I going to? And I'm failing here and I'm failing there. And this is where I need to fix this. And I need, I need, I don't have, how many of you have ever been there? Completely overwhelmed. Just like, ah, right? Then I had this brilliant idea at like 4.50 in the morning maybe I should pray. <laughs> right, Pastor Joy? <laughs> maybe I should pray. Maybe I should look to the one that's right here with me in it. And he's like looking at me like, <laughs> here I am, right? And so I was just like, okay. So I just took all the things and I wrote it down on a piece of paper. And I was like, these are all the things that I'm stressed about. These are all the things I have concerns about. These are all the things I feel like I'm failing in. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, number one, Jesus, is there anything on this list that you are not asking me to do? Because that's getting chopped right now. <laughs> Amen? How many of you know, maybe you don't need to be the snack master for the PTA, right? Whatever your thing is. Okay, chop out the things that he didn't tell you to do. Because the enemy loves giving us busy work. Amen? Man, uh, Bill Johnson preached a powerful message. Um, it's called The Mountain of Unbelief, if you wanna look it up, really powerful. But he talks about how when the seed goes down, it is all the cares of the world that choke out the seed. It's like sometimes the biggest things that, that are hindering God's seed really sprouting in our life is silly busyness. Just, just the cares of this world, stuff that really doesn't matter, amen? So oh my God, anything on this list, we're chopping it off if it's not of you and if you haven't called me and asked me to do it. Because I know if you have called me and asked me to do it, there's grace for it and you're pouring out grace for it, amen? And then everything else that was left on that list, I was like, God, 
I cannot fix any of these things. I don't have it in me. These are areas that I'm failing. I need your supernatural power here. I need your supernatural grace in all of these areas. And I am going to just hand it to you. Jesus, like, here it all is, okay? Show me what to do. I'm gonna be listening and following what you say. And I'm telling you, the next day, prayer is being answered, breakthrough happening, stuff happening to the kids where I'm just like, what? Like, it's supernatural. Like, this stuff really works. Crazy stuff, like scenarios I couldn't have set up and just breakthrough in so many different areas. I'm telling you, he is with you in it. He's with you in it. There is always a burning bush that you can turn aside to. Amen? He's always speaking. Amen? <laughs> Ask for supernatural help for all the things. When we live from the law or our list of do's and don'ts and how to be a good Christian, we are coming into agreement with the lie, I can be like God without him. I can be like God without him. There, there is a lot of the church that is convinced that that's our job is to constantly try to improve ourselves and self-help and da-da-da-da-da and we're reading books and trying to make ourselves better and stuff like that and we're trying to do it all apart from him and apart from his presence and apart from his leading as if all these things would equal closeness with him. And it's backwards. Amen. When we get in his presence, when we follow his leading, transformation happens and the transformation is his job. Amen? Amen. Okay. So what is the law for? The law ministers death. Okay. Now, evangelists, you all know that out on the streets, you have to minister death to people. That sounds crazy, but you do because you're out talking. How many of you know you've talked to people on the streets? Hey, do you know where, would you, would, where you would go if you died right now? Oh, I think I would make it to heaven. Like, I'm, I'm a pretty good person. Like, I was really good to my grandma and I haven't done stuff that's all that bad, right? That's what the law is for. So we can take the law and minister death and say, hey, actually, this says that you are dead. This says if you've even looked on a woman with lust, you are guilty of not only that law, but the whole law. Like you are ab absolutely helpless on your own. Does this make sense? You have to minister death to people so that they understand that they need a savior. Amen? So that they understand, hey, we're not trying to just get you to get Jesus into your life so he can help your life be better. No, it's because you are dead and hopeless without him and you absolutely need him. Amen? You must be born again. You must be born again. This is what we're ministering on the streets. Amen? Somebody say hallelujah. <laughs> this is getting serious. <laughs> this is not about adding Jesus to your life because he's going to make it better. It's because you are dead without him. Amen? Spiritually dead without him. In a grace culture, we don't avoid talking about the reality of hell. We fully understand and we are so thankful for his grace that he rescued us. He, we fully receive his gift and no longer worry about our salvation because he is so great and is the worthy lamb that was slain for us. Amen? 
He who is forgiven much loves much. In a grace culture, we are overwhelmed with love for him because we realize all that we have been forgiven for and what we have been saved from. Amen? Because our salvation is secure, we can turn attention to the things that he cares about, like the fact that he wants his kids back. Amen? So this is the function of the law. This is what it's for. This is what it's actually really helpful to do. It's God's standard, right? Once you are born again, we are no longer under the law, but we are under the Spirit. Holy Spirit. Someone say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, who is our power, who is our leader, who is our guide, who is awesome, who is constantly convicting you of righteousness. As a believer, you are one with Christ. You are no longer dirty. <laughs> you are not unclean. Okay? You are loved. You are chosen. You are in him and he is in you. Amen? Do you see the difference? He's so good. What he's done for us, it's, it's just so good. So what if we used our faith to recognize the one that we live in and the one who lives in us? Instead of using our faith for like, oh my gosh, that person's in a wheelchair. Can I muster up enough faith? Could that person get out of that wheelchair? Rather than applying our faith to that, how about we apply our faith to Jesus Christ is living on the inside of me. Jesus Christ and Holy Spirit, the one who resurrected Christ from the dead, lives inside of me. He's quickening my mortal body. When I stretch out my hand to someone in a wheelchair, it's not my hand, it's Jesus's hand because of what he did, not because of anything that I've done. Amen? What if I use my faith to apply to the fact that this is Jesus's hand that I'm laying a hand on? Can Jesus heal someone in a wheelchair? Absolutely. Do you think that Jesus is limited by my weakness? Of course not. Do you think Jesus is limited by my failure or my fear? No, but when I have the boldness to stretch out my hand, it is his hand. Amen. He's so good. When you evangelize, he is with you in it. When you heal people, he is with you in it. Amen. It's Holy Spirit who draws people to Jesus anyway. Uh, let's, let's, let's uh, have you guys ever heard the four S's? So repeat after me. Some will, some won't. So what? Someone's waiting. <laughs> let's do it again. Some will, some won't. So what? Someone's waiting. Okay, I love that Caleb shared testimonies of rejection. I love it because it's real. Like if we all just got up here and shared testimonies, everyone we talk to gets saved. That would be kind of discouraging, right? We want to tell it like it is, okay? But all that aside, 48 people since January have given their hearts to Jesus on the streets. <laughs> I'm like, come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus, right? We are his body. He's looking to use every single one of us. Don't get caught in the trap thinking that you're not ready yet because you have this and this and this going on in your life. Don't get caught in the, in the rat trap and the spinning wheel that goes on forever of all my failures and weaknesses that I have to take care of before I go and build the kingdom. Because Christ is already in you and you are in him. Amen? Amen. Amen, amen, amen. <laughs> 90s reference, all right, all right, all right. 
today's reference, amen, amen, amen. <laughs> He's with you in it. But man, I've got a mountain of debt and I got there through my own stupid mistakes. He is with you in it. He's with you in it. Just turn to him. Jesus, where do you want to start? What are you doing? What are you speaking? What are you saying? Amen. He's with you in it. I have health issues and I've never seen someone get healed of it. He's with you in it. Amen. He's with you in it. Don't try to apply your faith to will God heal me, but use your faith to recognize Christ in you. The Bible says, as he is, as Christ is right now, so are you in this world. As Christ is right now, so are you in this world, 1 John 4, 17. Does Christ have any malformities or weaknesses or diseases, any tumors, nothing? As Christ is, so are you. Apply your faith to the fact that Christ is in you. We're talking about identity today, amen? Righteousness is not something that you do. Righteousness is who you are. Righteousness is not something that you do. Righteousness is who you are. Don't be hoodwinked by the enemy. Hallelujah. Sorry, I'm trying to preach with Jesus right now, so I'm just give, let's take a laugh break for a minute. <laughs> Woo! Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. There's something uh, really important I know the Lord wants to get to um, today. So we'll, we'll skip some of this and maybe talk about it another time. Other than that, I got good stuff out of it, so it's always good. So, um, yeah. So God is not like trying to constantly fix us and improve us and make us better. Like sometimes we have this thought that like, okay, I need God's supernatural grace for this one thing. And then once I get over that hope, then I'm good, right? It's like, no, like grace actually says, I am completely lost without him and I will forever be completely lost without him. I am 100% dependent on Holy Spirit, amen? Without his presence, if I disengage from his presence, I am like five minutes away from absolute depression, discouragement and hopelessness, right? I need his presence. I will always need his presence. I will always need his supernatural grace in my life. That is what grace says, amen? We're not trying to get somewhere, get to some level, okay? Um, God's not constantly trying to fix us and improve us and make us better so we can do it without him. We will always need him, amen? What he is working us toward is maturity. Someone say maturity, okay? Maturity looks like this. The righteous man falls seven times, but gets back up again, okay? What's the distinction with a righteous man? The fact that he never ever falls, no, the fact that he gets back up again. That's what maturity looks like. Amen? Maturity looks like following every impulse of the Holy Spirit. That's what maturity looks like, okay? Maturity in grace says, okay, I didn't do that perfectly, but he's with me and he has abundant grace to turn that around for good because he never expected perfection. Amen? He only wants me to walk this out with him. Someone say, with him. Mm -hmm. 
Maturity in grace says, I don't need to be seen as anything by people because I know who I am in him and this isn't about me anyway. Amen? <laughs> All right, and maturity says, I need healthy community around me so I don't get wonky. <laughs> you will always need healthy community around you or you just tend to get wonky, right? Let's turn to your neighbor and say, don't get wonky on me. <laughs> I loved Vince's weird, Vince's word, Vince's weird, no, his word about like, hey, you know what's actually weird? Depression. You know what's actually weird? Fear, <laughs> right? That's the weird stuff. You know what's actually weird? You know, disease. That's what's weird and accepting that and saying, yeah, all right, you know, amen. <laughs> That's a good word, Vince. Good word. All right. So where in your life have you believed the lie, I can be like God without him? Where is it that you find yourself striving? Where is it that you're using your own natural abilities and logic and understanding? Where you're trying to do the circles and circles in your head? What is that area of your life? Where is it in your life that you don't feel that there is supernatural grace flowing to you? Where is it in your life? Just ask him right now. Just close your eyes. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, show what area of my life am I believing a lie that there is not supernatural grace flowing to me in this area? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's speaking to hearts right now. And he's showing you and he's giving you an invitation saying, I want to be in the midst of that thing. Would you let me in the midst of that thing? There is nothing that is beyond my supernatural help. Invite him into that place. Ask him questions about it. God, how do you want me to think about this? What lie am I believing here? His promise to you is that he would be with you in the fire and in the floods. He is always with you and he is always pouring out supernatural grace to you. He is with you in it. So still with our eyes closed, this is, this is something that I felt the Lord um, wanting to talk about today. Mistakes and regrets. Is there any area of your life where you feel sad or like something can't be changed because of a mistake that you've made or some type of regret that you have? And let's just ask Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, would you show any area where we're allowing mistakes or regrets and allowing shame to come in, where it's like we can't, we don't even want to think about it because it's like, ugh, the time wasted, ugh, like I wish I hadn't done that, or the people that I hurt, or how I got hurt. And I just feel the Lord asking you this morning, will you give those to me? Your regrets, I don't want you to think about them anymore. I don't want you dwelling on them at night. I don't want it popping up as this shame thing in the background of your life. Will you give that to me? And if that's you, I want you to pull that thing out of your chest and throw it up to him. 
All of it, all of it, all of it. Ooh, even that tiny little one over there, throw it to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As you're giving him your regrets and failures, he is turning them around for your good. And you have just disempowered the demon of shame in your life that has kept you stuck in sabotaging cycles. All right. So I want you to just repeat after me. Just everyone repeat after me. I break every agreement I've made with the demon of shame. Any lie that he's tried to feed me, that this area is hopeless, that it can never be fixed, that the time could never be redeemed, or that somehow this is a forever mark on who I am. I cast that lie down right now in the name of Jesus. I unpartner with it. I will not bow to it or respond to that voice in any way. From this day forward, in Jesus' name, I release forgiveness to myself. Mm -hmm. I thank you, Jesus, that you have already forgiven me. Who am I to hang on to unforgiveness toward myself? Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Shame, you are not my friend. I'm not going to listen to you. You have been a squatter in my promised land for too long. And you are bread for me to eat. I declare breakthrough is coming to my life in this very area. In Jesus' name. Yeah, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Yeah, I just see chains falling right now in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yeah, when we let go of regret, we actually allow his redemption in, and he has the best redemption plan. His redemption plan would make it seem like it was his plan in the first place for us to mess up because that's how good he redeems it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Someone give him glory. <laughs> we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Yeah, we just seal that in the Holy Spirit right now. We just declare no more, no more, no more voice of shame, no more voice of regret in Jesus' name. And we just thank you for it, Lord. Lord.